0818-715-815. Hello, good afternoon, and you're very welcome to Liveline. 51551 is our text number. Breaking news in the UK, though, if you, uh, like millions, watch that uh, series uh, over Christmas with uh, Toby Young and a host of other incredible actors, including our own Connor Mullen, by the way, um, who played uh, the husband of Joe Hamilton, uh, that wonderful, wonderful character. It's a story about the uh, what's been described as the greatest single miscarriage of justice in terms of the number of people that were affected in the history of the UK, nearly 700. And I see since the drama, the number is now uh, rising dramatically. Sub-post offices, sub-post offices, uh, postmasters and mistresses, as they're called. Uh, there was a new system, computer system, introduced about 25 years ago. And immediately it started throwing up problems. And immediately the people who developed it, Fujitsu and indeed the Royal Mail, they hunkered down. They denied it was a problem. The problems got worse. The hunkering down got lower. The hunkering uh, up with lawyers got harder and uh, a number of people were sent to prison for uh, basically stealing money which they didn't steal, by the way, and nobody knows where the money has gone. If it was stolen, but it wasn't uh, stolen. A number of people were sent to prison. Uh, a number of people, unfortunately, died by suicide. A number of people were broken, to say the least, by uh, the Royal Mail, such a revered institution, 400 years old. The Royal Mail uh, uh, Investigation Unit, which they have one here in Post as well, but the Royal Mail Investigation Unit is older than the British uh, Police Force, believe it or not, and the very similar powers. Now, uh, the person in charge of the post office at the time was a woman called uh, Paula uh, Venels, and she was in charge from 210 to 219, and she was uh, had her signature, 212 to 219, her signature across all these decisions uh, to prosecute. In the last few minutes, she was awarded the CBE, believe it or not, uh, three years ago for her services to the post office, even though the British authorities knew, and I have known for 25 years, that this was extremely uh, controversial and contested. Uh, a decision by the Royal Mail but she's handed back her CBE in the last few minutes with a, as you said with immediate effect the Press Association reported that at nine minutes past one now uh, Alan McLaughlin Alan good afternoon Hi there how are you doing? Good you, uh, uh, Alan you try and explain it as you go along because I know it was, it was on Virgin Media here uh, in the Republic, and also it's on the Virgin Media Player, which is where I watched it. Uh, yeah. The uh, Mr. Bates versus uh, uh, the Post Office. Um, what did you think of the TV series? Well, I think um, Shoes and her team did a, a fantastic job bringing that together because obviously it's not easy yeah. to relate uh, quite a complex story in a way which has had the kind of resonance that this program has had. And I think one of the reasons it's had that resonance, of course, is because people saw in it probably for the first time that these were ordinary people like themselves who had been subjected to this nightmare by the post office. They saw in the different characters, people who could just be their neighbours, hardworking people like themselves. And I think that's something very, very significant. And it shows the power of of the media Mm. and the power of TV drama when it's well done. And Alan, can you tell us your your uh, journey with this miscarriage? When did it all begin? Well, I mean, I came from a, 
a different kind of background. I came from, I was at Oxford, I, I was in academia, I, I was head of a languages department, but okay. I saw the opportunity to buy a, um, a post office in the area that I was from, a working class area in 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 North Belfast, where I was from, okay. and um, it, it was a great office, a, a, you know, a good franchise. So I was very attracted by it and very enthused by, by the project. Um, though the problems began uh, almost immediately, well, actually immediately, on the Horizon system. Um, and again, people reacted in different ways. I mean, you saw in the drama that different kind of reactions, Alan Bates... Um, straight away uh, blamed the system on it. Other people thought that they were making uh, various types of mistake, et cetera, et cetera. So everyone's experiences was sli- were slightly different. But I think what was common to it was that the post office basically told them all it was their fault. Yeah, yeah. And there was no one, um, there was no other complaints yeah. from anywhere else, which was a barefaced, a barefaced And that they were on their own and no one else yeah. was having any problems. And um, in any case, under the post office contract of the franchise, they were responsible for any losses which were there, even though we now know that these were fictitious digital losses, which all occurred in the digital domain and weren't actually real at all. And well, the and one of the more memorable lines uh, from the drama, and there are many memorable lines, is uh, I think it was Joel yes. Hamilton saying, "Where you, I've been found guilty of stealing thirty-six thousand pounds. Where is yes. it? Where is it? Where is it? Yeah. Go through my, go through well, all my bank accounts. Go through my lifestyle. Yeah, Where uh, is it?" Yeah, it was like watching the trial by Kafka or, or something. They were mm-hmm. asked to prove that they hadn't done something which hadn't happened. Yeah. Well, so, so how how do you how do you do yes, that? And yes. of course, yeah. The reason why the post office, of course, was able to do it, as you said in your introduction, was this was back to Charles First's Royal Mail Act in 1660, mm-hmm. where incredible powers were vested in the new Royal Mail Service, including powers of investigation, persecution, and for a long period, execution. So, so yes, I mean, when you put powers in the hands of uh, mediocrity as well, you know, you're going to get abuses. Now, your reaction, by the way, to Miss Fennell's uh, decision to hand back her CBE, why she got one in the first place is beyond well, that's, comprehensible. That's, that's inexplicable, of course. Yeah, that's quite inexplicable. Um, obviously, it's the least that could have happened. Yes. Um, but she was shamed into it. I mean, let's not, let's not uh, you know, yeah, be yeah, frank exactly. about it. She was shamed into it because the entire country, more than a million signatures, the entire parliament, <laughs> the, uh, the whole media uh, have basically demanded this is the least that could have happened. But of course, it's not really enough, is it? Because the post office board still hasn't accounted for what they what they did yeah. between 1999 and up to the present. No one knows who took the decisions, when, where, how. Yeah. It's all... Obviously, the public inquiry is trying to get to that, but so far we've only really heard from middle and junior level uh, managers and officials all of whom have used a defence, well, a dual defence, one part stupidity, the other part failure of memory. Yeah. And Alan, how much were you accused yeah. of stealing? No, I wasn't accused of stealing anything, which okay. is which is uh, unbelievable. Uh, obviously because, um, because there were no losses uh, at my office. Um, it was seven counts of false accounting. Ah. So false accounting on a system which had generated tens of thousands and a much, false uh, transactions, which and, is just bizarre. And then what they were saying, you, you were responsible for a loss totaling nearly 10,000. 
No, that, 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 that was something that they tried to pin to me, but it actually occurred on a period when a management company was running ah. the, uh, the office. In my period, there is no accusation of theft or loss. I was not charged with that uh, at all, which is why in many ways, my case as, as well, the lead barrister described, Tim Maloney, described it as a paradigm case because it literally only concerns the Horizon system. It literally only concerns what happened or what didn't happen on the Horizon system. Um, there was no accusation of personal gain or, or, or theft. Um, unlike a lot of people who were accused of stealing anything from several thousand up to £75,000. And, and yeah. your, your legal action, what, what was, what was the, 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 the platform for that, Alan? Well, Northern Ireland law is different from uh, GB law in England and Wales. In England and Wales, the post office is still involved in conducting the process of appeals and the process of compensation. In Northern Ireland, that's not the case. It was the PPS. And in my case, the PPS supported the defence position and the the appeal. And in fact, the PPS made a devastating statement to, this, to the, the, the Court of Appeal here and the three most senior judges in Northern Ireland uh, they made a devastating statement on how they had been misled at the time of my trial back in 2004-2005 by the post office. They actually used the, phrase, the, the word misled by the post office. And um, what, but your, that point about your trial in 2004, what were you charged? What, what were you on trial for, Alan? Seven counts of false accounting, oh, which yeah, were seven fa- variations uh, or, or discrepancies on the Horizon system. That was it. Yeah. Yeah, and so, you, yeah, and were you found guilty of false accounting? Yes, because because basically what they do is, and again, this came out in the program. They make a sort of a plea bargain before yeah, you go yeah, in, yeah, and yeah. they say, "Listen, we won't we won't press for a custodial sentence if you just accept the the false accounting bit." Now we see your face of the dilemma at that point about what you do, or whatever. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, and of course, lots of people will present it with that. It turns out, of course, that that's an illegal plea bargain because in law, you're not allowed to offer or pressure um, an accused into doing something for which you don't have any evidence that they did. Incredible. And, and, and you're right, it's, so, an, it's an incredible uh, paradigm. And how, it, just, how, it just gets worse. Um, well, yeah. tell, tell us a bit, how it did get... Well, it got worse for so many people in terms of their lives and their, the ending of their lives, tragically. But I'm interested as well, Alan, if you can explain, in terms of... You say you, you had a life in academia, then you saw this position. But when, when you open, when you apply for a sub-post office, I presume you're yeah. vetted and you're interviewed. OK? Yeah. And who, who funds, who puts in the equipment, who puts in the counters and the... Well, basically, you, you take over a going concern. Okay. Uh, obviously, in my case, they, they were just about to bring in the Horizon system. So I was quite uh, enthusiastic about that because obviously computerising, um, yeah. you know, yeah. a very antiquated system is in theory a good thing. And I was quite uh, looking forward to that and great, a great, um, you know, business opportunity and a good opportunity to contribute back into my own community. So I was as happy as anything yes, to, 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 to engage in this, this project. And uh, uh, do you know how many post, uh, post-masters and mistresses are affected in Northern Ireland? 
Well, it, uh, the PPS have written to about 21 or 22 people that they know of. The problem is other people would have been pressured to yeah. give up their contracts by the post office yeah. under yeah. the threat of prosecution or, um, you know, the whole... Uh, the whole range of, of, of powers and, and accusations being brought against them. So the figure is probably much more than that. Yeah, and Certainly already... Michael Madden, who... No, you're you're, uh, my solicitor. you're completely yeah. sorry. Oh, you're com- you're completely correct because another report just an hour ago says um, that more than more than one hundred new potential victims of the post office scandal have contacted lawyers after the airing of the ITV drama last week as the government scrambles. And as you know, we have seen uh, you've seen them out all weekend scramble to yes. respond to the growing. Uh, public outrage, which saw Paula Venels resign or hand back her CBE in the last hour. And apparently there's yeah. going to be a major announcement this afternoon in the House of Commons about uh, speeding up or fast-tracking the appeal system because the appeal system has been going on for years, years. And well, that's a crucial point, actually, because and people uh, kind of assumed after 2019, the famous judgment uh, outside the Court of Appeals in March 2019, that things were progressing nicely. But from uh, well, for the 90 people who have had convictions overturned and exonerated and who pursued their claims for restitution through the schedule of losses, mm-hmm. that, that, is what has ha- that, that is what we are experiencing. But for the other 6,800 people, that has yeah. not been an experience because the post office uh, controls, as I said before, the process of appeals and the process of compensation. And they have created a quagmire of difficulties for these people. These people are no nearer having resolution than they were in 2019. And this is what the public, I think, has only just realised this past week, that in fact, these people are still living the same nightmare. Yeah, yeah. And, and of course, the only solution to that has to be a legal one. The post office has to be removed from any role whatsoever any role whatsoever in, in the process of appeals or compensation, if they are involved in it, the same thing will continue to happen. They are not going to change. The bureaucratic mentality, the corporate mentality that these people have is simply not going to change. They're going to keep on doing the same things until the law prevents them from doing so. Now, Northern Ireland, of course, that was different because it was the PPS, and the PPS were quite happy to support my appeal. But, and I've, in fact, I even myself have been a bit remiss because I simply assumed that everyone's cases were progressing uh, logically and nicely the way mine was, but that is not simply not the case. Mm-hmm. And it just dawned on me that the, these people were still in the same nightmare as they were five or six years ago. And by the way, have you ever met Alan Bates, this, this man portrayed by Toby I Jones? That, well, yeah. I thought no one else was involved like everyone's until 2009 when I, I read um, Private Eye. Private Eye had based, started yeah. to, to do a series of pieces. And I got in touch with him and we spoke at that point. But his little group was already sort of forming and ongoing. But we sort of reckoned that, well, if they're successful, they're going to open the door for for uh, a number of other claimants, a number of other other victims. So and that's what happened. And uh, so we've uh, only been in touch kind of that kind of way yet. Alan, have you a view? And you mentioned Private Eye, and Private Eye were banging on about this for a number of years. Yes. But as uh, where where was the national media in all of this? Because there's one there's one well, scene uh, there's one scene in the uh, drama where Toby. 
uh, and as uh, Alan Bates and his wife Suzanne has portrayed are, yeah. are watching a report on Teddy with Joe Hamilton and this Conservative uh, MP uh, he's now Lord oh, Eric yeah. Yeah. yeah, who was good and he, he turns to his wife at the end and said that's only local coverage it was a local station we, why can't we get national coverage why was it not taken up as a national issue was it that people said it's, well, it's the Royal Mail or did the Royal Mail threaten legal action well, it's an interesting question. I think what happens in all miscarriages of justice is that there are always voices, virtue from the start, who are pointing out that, like, this is just nonsense, this is simply mm-hmm. wrong. In the case of Burnham Six and McGuire family, the Guilford yeah, Four, yeah, etc., yeah. people were actually saying that this is complete and utter yeah. nonsense. And any outsider looking at any of those cases, or the post office case, would have realised that it was absurd. The whole thing is absurd. Yeah. But... That's not what happens in, in the real world of politics and media and all the rest of it. A certain critical point has to be passed before the general weight of opinion supports wider media, more politicians, etc., etc., getting involved in it. At that point, the momentum starts to build towards win. But it's a difficult job to get to that critical point. Before that, there's only a few voices, a few articles and new yeah, statesmen. Yeah. Then there was the TV documentary. Then Nick Wallace, the the, 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 the guy who wrote, wrote the, the, book, yeah. the book in the Post Office Scandal, which is now sold out, of course, on Amazon. Yeah. Um, he was doing his blogs and his pieces even there, but these are kind of like lone, isolated voices. The critical point comes later, and I think, um, you know, in each of these cases, the critical point, when it comes, it's so logically and completely absurd that, that the miscarriage of justice happened at all, that I think the veil just drops mm-hmm. from the eyes of, of the wider media and the wider political establishment. And, and, I, even, and I think that's that, that's where we get to. Yeah, I, I think yeah. your your analysis is, is uh, spot on, I think, Alan. And also I read Nick Wallace's book last week and he was, he in it, it had so many resonances for me going back to, I don't know, well, you had your own scandal in the UK about hepatitis C and uh, haemophiliacs yeah. being basically poisoned by the state. We had that here as well in the, uh, it was called the anti, anti-D scandal with the blood transfusion service as it was then. And that, that a mistake was spotted. Then they put their head down, we plough on, hopefully we'll get through this, hopefully the mistake will go away, even though they were playing with people's lives, then another yes. mistake, then another mistake, and the more mistakes, the more they hunker down. And as uh, uh, Nick Wallace used the phrase in his book, uh, groupthink and confirmation bias, that they, the, the deeper... Bias, yes, that's, yeah. that's... Um, I, 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 uh, but by the way... It's a, a closed logic system which doesn't permit challenges. Yeah. Yeah. And which doesn't permit um, facts to 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 impinge yeah. upon upon what thing. One of the one of the things is too that um, you know in all the every single miscarriage of justice, wherever it is in whatever country, there's certain key elements which have to be in place for them to happen. First of all, there has to be a permissive legal environment which gives people the will mm-hmm. and the powers to do these things. But secondly, the people who instigate and drive miscarriages of justice become fixated on a particular version of the truth. And that version of the truth doesn't permit yeah. criticism or doesn't permit challenges. In fact, whenever they're faced with challenges, even, even factual refutation, they just double down. They yeah. just double down and, and ply on regardless until they're no longer able to do so. Because they've so much invested in it in terms of even their own uh, their their, yeah. their, their own um, 
their own situation. I just wonder if you, you know the way Alan Bates was offered the CBE, and much much yeah. to his credit, I think it was around the same time as Paul Venels who's now given ours back. Um, he said, "I wouldn't take it because it, the the, the honour has been debased by." Paul Avenel's getting one. I just wonder. I'm sure now there'll be a campaign for him to. No, he should get a knighthood, really. In well, in British, he, uh, British he has to have some kind of recognition because yeah, um, yeah he now, took so much on his shoulders. And um, now the other thing, know, I mean, um, without, yes, go ahead. No, just the other worry I have now is um, I was listening, as everyone has been, to 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 who became consumed by this story. Though I've known about it for a number of years. Yeah. And by the way, I'd argue. Alan, uh, I don't think I don't think if there had been uh, large scale uh, prosecutions in Northern Ireland, for example, or if God forbid yeah. it happened here in the Republic, I don't think the national media would have ignored it because such is the size of we we can still have it's on the cusp. I'm sure we can still have a national conversation in the Republic, and you can have a national conversation in Northern Ireland. I'm thinking of Steve Stephen Nolan or Talkback or whatever that people. But in the UK, it was so so spread out, so disparate that um, people felt that they that they, they, the post office or the Royal Mail kept saying, now nothing to see here, the computer is right, This is, this is, these are the readouts, look at them. And they shooed whoever, and they were, they were in a minority, yes. they shooed uh, the few journalists that were interested in, in pursuing this. Um, what do you think should happen now? Paula Venel says that at least she has apologised and it sounds sincere, but her, her full role is yet to, um, to emerge. But there's other people as well, obviously. Um, according to Nick Wallace in his book, the, the person that was put in charge of um, introducing this system, this billion pound system into the post office yeah. network, had no computer experience whatsoever. He, 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 well, <laughs> this is the problem whenever mediocrities are appointed way beyond their, their natural status in life, I'm afraid. Um, especially when they're given powers to do things which really, they shouldn't be in charge of a TV remote, never mind multi-million um, pound corporations. Um, but this is the problem with mediocrities. I mean, they, they simply shouldn't be doing these yeah. things. But unfortunately, in large swathes of, uh, well, especially the public sector, in the private sector, of course, they'd be found out and they'd be toughed out on the rear for, for making these kind of mistakes, but not so much in the public sector. There's like a, a, a tradition or a reticence to challenge authority maybe in GB the way the way the certain people in Northern Ireland have yeah. no problem with challenging authority. You know, I, I think that that has permits a lot of these things to happen as well. You know, you know, the police can't be wrong, the post office can't be wrong, the yeah. government can't be wrong, the judges can't be wrong. I mean, look at um obviously the three most important judges in the seventies and eighties, Denning, um, Donaldson and Havers. Yeah. You know, yeah. these people can't be wrong, but yeah. <laughs> unfortunately they were. What 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 was the phrase he used? The appalling vista. The appalling vista the appalling vista that the Birmingham Six might be innocent. That was the way. That was the yeah, way. Then the, the police could have been telling. Uh, yes, yes, yes. Or the police yeah. bet, bet confessions out and. Okay, yeah. Uh, Alan. So, yeah, but uh, these things happen, you know. Yeah. I mean, and uh, but it's important they think to put some kind of framework in place where there are proper checks and balances. You know, the government had appointees on the post office board from 1999 right way through to the present. What did they do? Yeah, they were yeah. supposed to be the eyes and ears of the cabinet, of parliament, and of the public. Good point. And what did they do? Well, apparently nothing. You see, one vista I heard being raised this morning, Alan, on, on by a contributor to 
the Today programme on BBC Radio 4, he said, um, but, but what if... What if some of those posts, those people involved, needed now over a thousand? What if some of them did actually rob money? And he, he well, his yeah. argument is, if you give a blanket, a blanket exoneration, uh, it could allow. And it's it's a it's a fallacious argument given given the the, the what's happened. It could allow uh, people who did steal money get away with it. Well, uh, two points there. Yeah. One. Uh, the people who are innocent and guilty have already all been punished. Yeah, so yeah. whatever crime it is they've done, they've already repaid for it. Secondly, in the 10 years before Horizon within in 1999, you could count on one hand the number of post office, sub-postmasters who were prosecuted for, for anything. So point. why yeah. all of a sudden, yeah. 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 From, 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 from a handful of cases, why are there 900 cases yeah. immediately yeah. after that? Yeah. Plus a lot of these people were quite well remunerated. Why would they need 20 quid more every week? Yeah. For what? It's absurd. Where is the money anyway? Yeah. You know, this money, where is the money? I mean, it, it never existed in the first place. It was all in the digital domain. Yeah, so, um, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's not a real argument that I don't think. I mean, obviously, it, it's a point. There are problems with how people are going to be exonerated because obviously there is an independent judiciary and yeah. legal process in the UK well, and that you, needs to be protected. Yeah, but with few, but with, with, put, yeah, with few exceptions, Alan, I, or sorry, few exceptions, Alan, um, the judiciary were just seen to be part of the establishment as well, weren't they? They, they went along with, they believed the Royal Mail, they bankrupted people, they find uh, Lee, Lee Carlson, is that his name? They find him, not just, uh, yep. n- not only found him guilty, um, but find him, uh, made him pay the legal bill of £350,000. Yeah, well, the, the problem is, of course, that they're working within the framework which is set by, by, the, by the various post office acts. And usually the, the burden of proof is on the prosecution to prove guilt, but because of the way the law has been structured since, since the 17th century, basically, uh, the burden is on people proving their innocence. But how do you prove their innocence for, yeah. for um, money which has disappeared, which never existed in the first place? Brilliant. I mean, that's like something out of Kafka. That simply cannot be done, Brilliant. logically. Brilliant. But the problem is that because of the legal uh, niceties and, and, and detail, they're caught in yeah. in that process, they're yeah. caught in that log in, in that system of logic as well. They can't get out of it. That's why government needs to break it. There needs to needs to be a, a completely re a complete rethink of, of how the okay. judges are approaching this as well. And then fujitsu, um, the, that that wing of yeah. fujitsu. Uh, and by the way, the 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 well, the, um, the the fact at some point government is going to try and claw back money from yeah. fujitsu. Yeah. I mean, I mean that, that 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 has to happen as well. They can't get off scot. But it's, it's a pity. It's, it's a pity that someone who who who's involved in buying the system and still paying countless millions a year for the Horizon system to Fujitsu. Yeah. It's a pity they didn't Google Fujitsu, because Fujitsu are, are have their issues in Japan as well. So anyway, but that didn't happen. But yeah. it's it's a I I it's it's an incredible. Um, Incredible story, and I think I know people say, "Well, what's it got to do with us? We've 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 got such a brilliant postal system, and we've we've a lot of uh, sub postmasters and postmistresses." Yeah. Um, but it, it's it's a general lesson about when you make well, a it's mistake. A human story. Yeah, yeah. Um, when you make a mistake, fe- fess, fess up, fess up, and um, otherwise it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger, and the lie gets bigger and bigger, and the damage done as we saw here in the anti-D 
uh, horror I mean, uh, they, gets they greater. Ultimately, they never get away with it because too many people have a story to tell and too many people have facts to bring to the table. And at some point, facts are going to win out over hot yeah. air. Okay. Alan, what are you doing so, now? What are you doing now in your, in your, in your life? You're not a, a sub-post master anymore, are you? No, I mean, they took that away, uh, even though I had like a 20-year plan in mind. But but obviously, I mean, I haven't done that badly. And and like I said, I am in the final stages of of the schedule of loss reports. So, I mean, you know, know, everything's fine for me. I mean, I keep myself busy, play football every week, walk the dogs, you know. I mean, beat a lot, obviously. I mean, everyone reacted differently. For some people, the devastation was so great that they never really ever got over it. But I think I was able to from the start, because I knew they were wrong and I told them they were wrong from the start, I was able to focus on them as the culprits, on them as what they were doing to me, not the other way around. And and that's quite important psychologically because it allows you to Mm -hmm. compartmentalise things. I always knew at one point I would get back to that material. I have a complete documentary record plus a thousand page forensic accounts report. You know, I knew I would get back to that material at some point. So, but I was able to go on the rest of my life, leaving that in a little compartment Mm -hmm. somewhere, which I would get back to at some point. So I think that's how I did it. But everyone obviously does it differently. Yeah, well, and and these campaigns. Uh, throw up some remarkable people and uh, go back to Birmingham Six or go back to the anti-D campaign here especially uh, through yeah. up, uh, cast uh, people in the public guy who rose to the occasion with such uh, intellect and analysis and uh, I hear uh, obviously Alan Bates and Joe and all the other people who led the campaign in sure. England but your, your, your own uh, description here Alan in the last 20 minutes has been astonishingly clear astonishingly clear and it's great to hear great to hear from you and hopefully um, uh, onwards and uh, with voices uh, as analytical and as fluent as yours this is not going away this is not going away no no it it has to be brought to a proper resolution I mean no more hot air no more statements about what they're going to do or not they need to actually get the ball over the line and, and bring a resolution these people need resolution in their lives if it if it decades take, taken from them that will never come back but yeah. they can at least find proper vindication and proper rest, restitution yeah. I say restitution rather than compensation because compensation implies that you, you hurt your toe on a, on a broken pavement yeah. Yeah. outside your house no this is restitution for things that were taken from them that's very yeah. very different okay Alan McLaughlin, thank you, thank you so much. That's Alan. Alan McLaughlin. Where, where? Thanks for talking to me. Yeah, anytime. You're, 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 you're welcome. You're welcome. Okay, Joe at RT.ie five one double five one is uh, the text number. We'll be back after this. Talk to Joe on oh eight one eight seven one five eight one five. Talk to Joe on 0818-715-815. An email sent out on the 22nd of December, which was the Friday uh, before Christmas, um, the last day we were here before we went into Grafton Street, but an email sent out uh, from the Forever Young Festival Owners Club um, prompted a number of people to get in touch with us because, um, as you may recall, last well, it was the end of last summer, the Forever Young Festival, which has been going on for... Uh, number of years. It's a musical festival a, a, aimed at a particular demographic held outdoors uh, on that major site just off the uh, Nace Road. 
um, was abandoned and people were told on this programme, because of weather, by the way, people were told on this programme, one day was abandoned, the next day went in. But people were told that they would get a refund. And when people saw this email, um, there, by the way, the email is looking for... We want to wish all our loyal customers a Merry Christmas, best for 2024. Uh, we want to bring you 20, the dates for 2024 in order to do that we need to crowd, crowdfund 1 million euro. We already, we already have 300, over 300,000 euro, which is great. And they're saying if there's anyone interested in an investment. Now, Dave Young, i oh, sorry, Dave, Dave, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Joe. How much, how much are you due? Uh, 485 euro. And have you got anything back? I've checked, myself and my wife checked the bank this morning and there's nothing. Joe, can I just read you out the last line of an email we got on the 16th of October? Okay. From Sheridan. I want to reassure the matter is in the hand and as soon as possible the refunds will be issued by Fianta. Now I've asked the bank, was there any payment by Fianta? They they say there's nothing Mm. there. We anticipate that this money will be paid within three to six weeks. Uh, rolled over tickets, ticket credits will be issued in December. I'm not interested in that. I, I spoke to Casey on the 17th of July. She asked her mm-hmm. a direct question, yeah. would, I be, would I be getting a full refund? And Sharon replied, yes. Okay, and Sharon, Dr. Sharon Alston is, is on the line. Sharon, good afternoon. Good afternoon, hi. Good. When, when can uh, Dave get his refund? Expect his refund. Um, I keep in touch with everybody that is waiting for their refunds regularly, so I'm sure um, Dave hopefully will have had communication from us. Um, We do know that some emails that we send out does go into spam, but uh, once we communicate and people communicate back, normally they receive Mm -hmm. the communication. We have had a a series of unfortunate um, situations that Mm -hmm. have caused the refunds to be delayed. We have relayed that information out to the customers and we are trying to get new investors into the festival. Um, I think possibly the trouble is that most people see a festival like Forever Young and because it's a very big grand event believe that it's probably, you know, uh, backed by a huge corporation like a lot of events are. It's not the case with Forever Young. I think a lot of people know the story of Forever Young. I set Forever Young up personally with all my money I had when I moved to Ireland from selling up in the UK um, and I set it up to try and launch a new animal welfare charity because I'm a vet by trade and I found the lack of animal welfare veterinary support mm. in Ireland very frustrating for people on low income and rescue animals that needed treatments that maybe couldn't afford them so I wanted to set up a new charity and to do that we needed a big fundraiser and there wasn't an 80s festival so um, I threw my hat in the ring and, and decided to set one up. And had you run now, had you run music festivals before, Sharon? I'd run smaller charity events, yes. No music but, music festivals like, on this scale. Yeah, so it's, no smaller smaller music events, but not not on this scale. No, um, you know I put together the idea, I put together the artists, and I bring in teams of experts that were, have worked in the Irish industry and the festival industry for a long time. Mm. But um, to, come back to, they, to come back to my original they question... They run the festival. Yeah, to come back to my original yeah. question, um, uh, Dave got an email from yourselves on the 16th of October saying he would be refunded his €480, Euro, which is a significant amount of money, within three to six weeks. He still hasn't got it. 
yeah, no. And we said at that point we anticipated that we would have it. And, you know, 100% honest, and I've said this to people in the email, we are waiting for a very large VAT rebate from the revenue, which would have paid these by December. And unfortunately, it's uh, it's easy enough for them to get across with you, if, you know, if you don't give it to mm. them on time. But it's very easy for them not to give it back to you in a timely okay. manner. And, uh, how, much, so, how, much is, how much is due in refunds? Um, so our refunds is, is nearly 300000 But you say in your crowdfunding appeal that you've got more than that in already. Uh, we No, we, we don't get the crowdfunding until it reaches its target. So the crowdfunding money is, is money that's put in to aim to get a figure that we need to, to run again for next year. And if we don't get that figure, we're not viable as a business. So we can't just take people's money from crowdfunding and give it to people's so where So where is, where, hang on, where is Dave's money? Dave's money paid for the, the event that happened in July. Everyone who bought a ticket but paid didn't for happen. the event that happened 50%, in July. 50% of it didn't, Dave, yes. no concert. We were refused entry on the Saturday. I know, and I'm so sorry. It was my worst day of my life having to deal with that and having to upset so many people, especially late on when people were already on their way. It was horrific. I cannot apologise enough. There was nothing I could do because the safety officer makes the call, not me, mm-hmm. and they're there. They're there for a reason to keep people safe. And people died at other festivals. But you did. I know, and, 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 and I understand we that. Ran that a show. Safe no, Sharon, Sharon, it was Sharon, turning people away. But, but Sharon, you we did. You, that to you be did. Paid by no, but you did promise a refund on this program. We didn't have to. No, no, but, you, but you, I, I understand that. But you have, did. We could have confirmed that everyone had to take a rollover ticket. But I wanted to refund people. We've gone mm. out of our way to look after our customers from the very start. We bend over backwards to try and look after people, and it's horrible not looking after people. Believe me, every day of my life at the moment is miserable because I answer two hundred emails a day of people that are unhappy looking. For you know what's happening mm. with next year, what's happening with refunds? It's not very nice. I'm doing everything possible to make sure they get their money as soon as possible. I've had an email from Revenue this morning saying they hopefully will will uh, get this sorted out in the next week. I don't want to tell everybody yes, that means your refunds are coming next week because Revenue had said that before in November, and we expected it in December, mm. and here we are. So I'm not promising dates. People keep saying, "Can you give me a date when it's going to be?" I'm telling people that the minute that we can refund people, we will. I, I, I haven't taken a penny. I've not I even had a wage since June. Okay. You know, the festival and is fa- is it, priority so, is to pay people their money but back. If, that you, is the but you're saying the payment of that 300000 back to people who, who bought tickets is contingent on the Irish uh, Revenue Service refunding VAT. I'm just saying that's one of the the, the issues. That's have you any other sources? Well, have you any other sources of income that that could pay back, Dave? Is is selling part of the company, which is what we're doing with the crowdfunding. We had again, we had a large investor that we negotiated with for five months mm-hmm. that would have bought the majority of the festival and paid everyone's money. Um, and we negotiated with them for five months, expecting it to happen. Um, uh, they played a game with us. They they kept us tied up for five months, dropped us, okay. and then launched events against us. Uh, so we've been doing everything possible. Okay, we let to we, bring we let in... Dave respond. Go ahead, Dave. Would you Joe, take the annoying thing about okay. it is that concert went ahead that day. That concert still went ahead that day, and the people were refused it... entry. 
That's what I yeah. that's what I couldn't understand at the time. I boot specially actually upgraded the ticket. I explained all that to Katie. Yeah. I upgraded to VIP. We paid for car parking and everything. Now at the time I was very sympathetic to Sharon. She knows that because she was on the other end of the line. Mm-hmm. But this is this is you know uh, I paid for a product. The product went ahead. I wasn't paid. I wasn't allowed in. So I paid for a product and I didn't get it. And Sharon, and I can appreciate how frustrating it is. If I, in hindsight, I would have said, you know, I'm going to insist that we either run or cancel because I went with what the safety officer and the guards and the council and everyone had meetings all morning that morning to decide the best thing to do. And the safety officer, his remit is, if it's worked underfoot, the arena has a capacity that can be evacuated in the required time for an emergency. When it was that wet underfoot, that capacity was significantly reduced. I did send out an email to explain why he chose to run the festival with the campers that were already there, but not let anyone else in. And that was his reasoning that okay. you have to and be able about to evacuate. A, so you get a lightning strike on the stage. I know, everyone I know, but of, of the course, arena. of course. There's no it argument there. It has to be there. safe. So, but, but, but are you, were you insured? We were, but we weren't insured for reduced footfall. And that was, you know, that was what I expected we would get, you know, insurance payout for, but we were insured for bad weather, but not for reduced footfall, which, so, you know, there's a big difference between cancelling an event and actually yeah, turning but, people but, away. But, yeah, but your reduced footfall, as you've told us, was was determined by a state agency. So surely, surely that stands it's, for it's something. A, it's a specific, it's like saying I bought a car insurance policy and I thought my windscreen was covered. That is hands up. I believe this was covered and it wasn't because it's a special additional clause um, but at that point nobody not even the specialist brokers that we deal with for festival only insurance brokers um, had had laid that out for us as, a, as your, an your insurance, your, insurance, for. your insurance broker didn't say to you which uh, uh, you should get everything covered no, well, I mean, we, we, we didn't realise that there was a specific insurance for reduced footfall, no. I've actually, I, I felt like, you know, a prize mm-hmm. idiot that I didn't know that. But I've had conversations with most of the promoters that I know since. And actually, a load of them didn't have it. They weren't aware of it either. And they've all gone off and got it now, which is great for them, but it doesn't help okay. us. Have you, and we it, are well, being it's, proactive it's, yeah, and getting funds in from investors so that we can repay the refunds and get the festival back on its feet. And is the festival going ahead this year? If we secure the money we need to to stay in business, yes, absolutely. And have you any acts booked at this stage? We have loads of acts. We have the lineup already uh, reserved. We can't give any details because we have to go to licensing and licensing has to approve that we can actually announce. And until we've actually dealt with the issues from last year, we, 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 we won't be doing that. We need to deal but with surely, last year. And but, then surely, but surely if you've acts booked, and these are acts that are in demand, um, so to speak, um, surely they, 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 they want more than a, 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 a letter to say. They, they want a deposit. Yeah, they guarantee. do want a deposit before we announce, yeah. Absolutely. So have you... We have can't you, announce any have of you, them. Yeah, but no, we, we haven't paid deposits. I've worked uh, with these agents now for five years. Okay. They all understand that the 
the festival and the fact that it's set up for charity and everything and they're lovely to work with um, and some of them are more than happy to hold the date knowing what we're doing and others you know might take other bookings but I'm in regular communication with the um, the agents and the artists oh, that we have held for 2024 yeah, okay. so you keep yeah. you keep mentioned Dave you've given 480 quid I'm sure you I'm sure you give lots of charity by the way um, but you've we now given an extra 480 quid to an animal charity well, no, it's not the charity not. that gets the money. No, where where no. has it gone? No. The, the festival company is a company in its own right. Okay. I 100% own the festival, and it is my wish for 100% of the profits from this company okay. to be used to start this new charity. And how, so how's that, how's that been company, going? How's that been going for the five years? We... Well, we haven't made any money. Festivals take three to five years to make money. Okay. We had COVID for two years yeah, after okay, our first okay. year. You know, we, we've been here, we've had three festivals. We had two years of COVID and we've had a flood. You know, we really should have been bankrupt twice. But I, this festival means so much to people. The easiest mm. thing to be for me well, would have Dave, been to work away, walk away last July and gone bankrupt and no, yeah, get yeah, a penny. But, Dave, but Dave, I don't do that to people. So I know, but concert goers are short of €300,000. Absolutely. Dave, That's Dave why take, I'm here. Dave, Dave, Dave taken a hit. Dave, would you go this year if it was on? No. I did say it to that. I, I wouldn't be going this year. That's why I look for a refund. It was a special uh, lineup on the Saturday. I explained that to Casey. That that's why, and that's why we upgraded to VIP on the Saturday. And it was the Saturday event was the one where the artists that were mm. on were the ones that I wanted to see. They don't come over to Ireland. They're terrible at these artists. That the eight. Yeah, okay. Yeah, Billy uh, Ocean. No doubt. Yeah. I, I, Billy Ocean. Yeah, and uh, Tony Hadley. The, the brilliant uh, lineup and all like that. Yeah, but yeah. the annoying thing was that not alone were we refused entry at the gate, and this and the concert went ahead that night. But this, to be given an assurance on the seventeenth of July, and here we are now on the ninth of January. Joe, can, when we're finished this, can I can I ask you something on a different matter? Yeah, well, uh, well I need to. Well, have more. You, yeah, but don't worry. We can always. Yeah, ask. It won't take long. Yeah, yeah. get out. You can ask me on air, off air. But um, stay with us, Dave. I need to take a break, and and Sharon and there's other callers after this break. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. Sharon, Dr. Dr. Sharon Alton, who's the organiser and the owner, as you said, of the Forever Young Festival. Did ever, did all the acts get paid? Um, 99.9% of the artists have been paid. There's a couple that wrote their final payments, uh, again, that we're dealing with as soon well, as 19, we 99%, 99.9% implies that there was more than a thousand acts. No, I'm just saying that no, because they get stage payments, so they get payments okay. to be booked, so they get final payments, okay. middle payments, and final payments. Okay. So there's and, a couple and, and, still but, outstanding but their final payment. But you're crowdfunding at the moment, um, and you hope to be selling tickets for this year's festival. But how can you proceed with that when you owe punters from last year three hundred thousand euro that's in refunds? Not, that's why we're not selling yet for this year. Okay. We won't be on okay. sale for this year until we've resolved 
the issues from last year. Okay, Bridge. That's 100%. We could have very easily just gone back on sale for next year and got our cash flow going, and it wouldn't have solved the problem. The problem is we need to have... It's, it's so rare for a festival this size, and I had no idea because I'd come into it, you know, from a different mm. angle, but it's so rare for a festival this size to be set up by one person with one yeah, well, maybe, amount may, of finance. Yeah, maybe and, that's, maybe that's saying... Maybe that's saying something in itself. Bridget O'Dwyer, Bridget, your, your, your point, please. Hi there. I'd like to say, Joe, I've attended the festival from the very first year. Okay. Absolutely amazing music. Yeah, great. I couldn't knock it. The people are great. Move fast forward. Um, July, there was six of us. Three mm-hmm. of us could come on the Friday. Right. Um, and we had paid for camping. So when we got there on Friday, first of all, it was a shambles. There was no covering like you would be in a regular festival. There was no floor covering even to the toilets. You were up to your muck. There was no signs to say what camping facilities you were in. And, and was that different, what, Bridget, was that different to previous years? Well, obviously, it's all down to the weather. Okay. Now, this is Ireland. They knew in advance this festival was going to be a wet weekend. If you can't, um, you know, if you can't actually um, put place, just cancel it. Don't go ahead with something that you're not able to control. We were in a tent beside truckloads of wood chippings and none of it was put down by the time yeah. we dug out our car on uh, Monday morning. And how much are you old, Bridget, your group? Right, the six of us, so... There was three tickets and a camper van ticket, so that adds up to two, four, six, and thirty, sixty, ninety-seven, eight hundred and fifty euro. Wow! Have you tried to get your and money back? Bridget, Bridget went to the festival and left on Monday morning, so I don't think she's. I don't no, think the no, issue here is. No, you're not listening, Sharon. A refund. Three of okay. excuse me. This is my point. Three of us entered the festival Friday evening with weekend camping tickets. Okay. Right. And then three more who are working arrived Saturday morning, which we were entitled to do because they had weekend camping. They had a camper van and they were, the other two were same with us in a tent that we paid €1,800 Euro for, just for a fact. Wow. And yet, I eight. got an email Saturday morning, hang on, to yeah. say anybody that was attending the festival that day because of the conditions would not be allowed entry unless, bear in mind the word unless, you had weekend camping. But yes, they had travelled up from down south where and were refused entry. Okay. So don't uh, you say I'm not I'm not looking for a refund for the tree that entered. I'm looking for a full refund, not just Saturday, Sharon. That's what your emails are telling me. First you're fobbing me off to Billy, then you're fobbing me off to Mary. And to be honest, I don't know about you, but I'm sick of it at this stage. I saw people packing up beside me and all the negative comments were removed. None of them were disrespectful, they were all honest. Removed from it where? Was a complete shambles. Removed from where, Bridget? Facebook and Reddit. Okay. I um, read them all who did you, who did you pay? Who did you pay eighteen hundred quid to for the tent? Uh, that was a company that were when you go to festivals, different companies have oh, okay, different they, tents. Okay. And they erect them, so that wouldn't be at, and that would be separate to the Forever Young organisation. Okay, Amanda, stay with us, Bridget. Amanda, how much are you owed? I'm owed for two tickets on the Saturday and for park. And, and ha- have you have you tried to get your money back? 
I have, yeah. But um, when I put up any comments on the Facebook page, which would be very respectful, I've been blocked. I've actually been blocked, so I can't even look at their page. I can't make a comment on their page because mm. I've been completely blocked from it. So I can't even see and it. Are you, are you blocking people from your page, Sharon? Uh, we blocked a lot of people Why? that were getting aggressive, that were putting false Absolutely information not up. Very aggressive. That were, no. As I no. said, I've got That's a list of people untrue. that are blocked, and we've very got untrue. and we've got a copy of all the, the comments what, that they what made. Con- what, what constitutes aggression on Facebook? When people are being aggressive, when people we have a no. set of standards that people have to accept. Okay. Um, you can't not. use it. You and know, those, those, those. Well, hang on, okay, Sharon. Uh, uh, Amanda, I presume, I presume you didn't use abusive, uh, foul language. Absolutely not. Okay. And another point, and I'd like to make, as well. I'm not a gold member myself. Absolutely but not. people who paid for gold membership, so they paid for a few years. Um, so they're, let's say, due to be in for free this year um, because they paid, they invested money yeah. last year. They are now being totally ignored. You know, it's like they want investors for now, but the people who invested who are meant to be in for free next year, who are meant to be in for okay. free the year after, okay. they're just being completely ignored. And, and the people when they ask a question, they're not being... They're not being okay, um, and the people you've, you've blocked from Facebook because... Can, I, can I answer No, no can I just want to ask you a question. I, I was on the gold email last night and there was only three emails that hadn't been answered this week. Every single email on our gold membership, which is an email that we have directly going to gold members, it was up to date. So we have been answering every query with gold those members. People, what will happen happen to those people's money if the if the like you said, if you don't get your investment this year, what is gonna to happen to the monies that they've put in for tickets okay. for this year and next year? Are they getting a refund? Okay. And then we will, if we don't get the money to run this year, then we'll take a longer time and get the money to run next year, and we'll just have to roll on the gold club for so, next three years. In the meantime, no one's been looked after, Sharon. In all due respect, no one has been no, looked after. No, not at the so moment. Far. We know that. I can only okay. tell you why. I can't. I can't magic. Okay. You know, 300,000. Uh, my house is on the market to get money to reinvest to get you guys your money back. But that's not fair, making us feel as if this is a problem. No, I'm you should you, go I'm doing ahead everything, with an organisation. Everything no, no, possible to get word, the money. Please. Can I just say a word? If you couldn't organise that better than what you did, which is complete shambles, it's not rocket science in Ireland to organise a festival in the rain. I don't have 850 euro line in my back pocket, and I'd like my refund, regardless of what you know, do you or don't have to do. When will I get okay. it, Sharon? We'll get Put it, it on the radio. When will Joe? I receive and can it? I get, can, I can I just say, say everyone keeps saying that I'd like to answer the points that are brought up. The well, the, que- the question people are Joe, asking... Joe, I prepared for the weather the day before because I knew the weather was bad. Okay. I bought okay. wellies, I bought no, a raincoat. Can I answer I bought the weather question? No, we can't We can't change the weather. It's to do with the organisation, the intruders. No, the weather forecast, the weather forecast and the weather we got were six times worse, okay? We were prepared. That's not true that there wasn't any okay. wood chip put out. And what's the so forecast? What, what is, Sharon, Sharon, what is, the, what, is, what is the forecast whether people will get their money back or not? As soon as we can, they'll get okay. their money Tom, back. You're, Tom, you're, you're, I, I can't get any more. Tom, Tom, your question, please, quickly. Thank you. Yeah, Joe, I just have two point, two quick points to make. One is that I've been following this. Um, are you old? How much are you old? I'm old, 500 euros, Joe, okay. three tickets. And um, I haven't been sending emails or anything like that. I've, just, I've been getting in emails and I've just been following it. Now, I'll make two quick points. Please. One is that 
she will have to apply for a license to Kildare County Council to run this festival for this year. If I haven't got my money back by the time that application is made, I will be objecting to the license being granted. And second point is on the crowd fund on the crowd funding page, they I think they've collected uh, three hundred thousand of that now, yeah. and it's been at that for the last four weeks. There was a surge at the start, which I reckon was a couple of big investors, maybe even herself, put the money in, and it stopped at three hundred thousand, and it hasn't gone any further. So okay. I cannot see that making the middle. Okay. Just okay. Okay. I'm gonna, I'm gonna leave it at that. Um, Sharon, there's no so no money has gone into an animal shelter at this stage. Not yet. I mean, personally, okay. we got the dog pound moved out of Dublin. If you remember the big hoo-ha, okay. yeah, but no, 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 but no, no, we're talking We've about. We've done a lot of charitable work, but we haven't set up the new okay. charity well, yet. The, well, no, there we is, need a lot of profit. To yeah, do that. Okay. Well, there is. Uh, we don't know when that will happen after five years, but and then the money you now owe. Um, there is a wonderful, wonderful animal charity in uh, Kildare. It's called uh, My Lovely Horse Rescue. It's run I know by and well. um, run by the brilliant Cathy Davy and Neil Hannan is involved as well. And they're online if you want to give them a donation. But thank you for uh, all all our calls. What do you want to say, Dave, quickly? Joe, can I just offer congratulations to my son, Graham, and his lovely wife, Kate, on the birth of ah. their fourth child this morning in the coon, ah. uh, a baby boy. Well on behalf of my wife, Elaine. And, and is this your f- are, you, are you newly grandparented? <laughs> yeah. Okay. yeah. Okay. Have we but, a name uh, yet for the boy? I, uh, no, they that's haven't said that. Yeah, both, okay. both of them are doing very well. But Great. no, it's on a happier note. Okay. It's a pity, you know, and that's well, what I'm saying. Well, Dave, well, Dave, wait, may your new uh, grandson stay forever young. Uh, back yeah. after this break. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. Joe Duffy! Talk to Joe on 0818-715-815. Okay, Patrick Cahill is in Longford. Patrick, good afternoon. How you doing? Good. You say, I would love to hear other people's thoughts on the Today FM. Well, it runs across a number of radio stations. I listen. Uh, cash machine. Uh, why Why are you, ma- you making such a request? Um, Joe, I just had a feeling that they were putting big money in people's hands and it's actually worse than gambling, I think, because if you're gambling, you're at least you're, you're backing someone else. But in this regard, you're putting in your money. They're offering you, they're putting a huge sum of money back into your hand, and you have five five rings of it, five tones. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have five chances to answer the phone uh, for huge sums of money, up to one hundred fifty thousand there before the Christmas. Well, they say, and, and it runs across today. FM News Talk ninety eight FM Spin one hundred three point eight Spin Southwest Red FM and I Radio, and every hour between I think seven and and ten, but every every hour every day, whichever program is on, the presenter reads out. It's it's usually accompanied with with music and. It, chance to change your life he reads out or she reads out a figure uh, and that is today's cash call and that would be say for our, the last week there or the week before Christmas they were saying it was the biggest ever giveaway in Irish radio history and uh, let's say for argument's sake the figure was 74,952 euro and 27 cent if you en- you then entered with your phone number obviously to a text number and you paid uh, 250 and then after 3 o'clock if you if your phone rings and I have 
happens to be from uh, this the Bauer Media. It's not that that's not broadcast on air, by the way. But if your phone rings and if you answer it within five uh, rings and you have the correct number written on your hand or whatever or on your phone, seventy four thousand nine hundred fifty two and twenty seven cent. That's what that's what you win. Now, what what is the problem with that? Um, I just think Joe, it's a. Uh it's it's a very dangerous thing to do to put that money in someone's hands on a chance that they're going to answer the phone. And if someone's seen that they... It's very easy to miss the, miss to not answer the phone. We all miss phone calls. But how often do you miss a phone call for 150000 And you can you can play... Well, we're told the number of entries is... You can make 12... You can put your name in... Well, if you pay. You put your name in 12 times. Now, there's a number of things because we also got a letter... Uh, from uh, Monica and we have our uh, full details here she said hi Joe um, you, I, uh, you're t- uh, would you talk about the cash machine competition to send in a text to a radio station to win a large amount of money each day Joe I agree about these competitions being gambling and unfortunately I have become addicted to them my phone bills are extremely expensive and I got into trouble I know you could say to me please don't uh, d- uh, just don't text in but it's very tempting especially when the radio stations send you a daily text reminding you of how much you could win so you keep entering. I think the radio stations who promote this should uh, consider it and please discuss this on your radio programme. It hasn't been discussed in the, in the newspapers uh, up until this weekend and in fairness, Barry, uh, our colleague Barry Lennon did a, did a very fair report on uh, dry time yesterday, yesterday evening but no newspaper with the exception of the Sunday Business Post and indeed uh, Declan Lynch mentioned it in one of his columns in the Sunday Indo a number of months ago but it hasn't become uh, a, an issue. Now, I didn't know, Patrick, if I if I enter this competition, I give them my phone number, obviously. Uh, Bauer Media have just told us, which I did not know, that they do, they keep your phone number and they text people, even though you might not be listening to the radio, any of their radio stations the next day, so that's no, you have no obligation to do that. They will text you um, uh, each day with the answer to the question, i.e. 74,952, whatever it is on that day. And then they say to you, this is today's answer, basically, but you haven't entered. Please enter. Now, I we, we, we ran that same question across anyone else that runs uh, competitions like this, but no one has run a competition as intense as this one. As they say, they gave away five million. Well, it's five million people's money last year, So, but they won't tell us how much they took in or where the money goes. But um, we, we cannot find any other programme, including the Late Late, Dance With Stars, whatever, um, that keep your number and then text you every day saying, this is the answer to the question, why don't you enter? Now, do you have yeah. you uh, do you get those texts? I do. Yeah, would have entered. I just looked back at my text last March, and then if you if you reply that you want to enter, you text win, and then they'll send you back another text for two more entries for the price of one. Text yeah. winning. I didn't know this as well. They also say, uh, which is news to me, uh, because they never they never announce it on on the radio. Uh, they say that they, and by the way, this, this woman, uh, Monica, in, the, in our conversation with her, she's spending 250 euro a month 
on the cash machine. 250 uh, a month. She said, I feel embarrassed even telling you this. Um, but the Bauer also also tell us, from time to time we may offer three for two or four for two offers. These are discretionary and may be reinstated or removed without notice. These will only be publicised via the confirmation text from the valid uh, entry. When entering the cash machine competitions, again, I did not know this. When entering, uh, and Barry didn't know it either, yes, I presume he would have said it, it's such a big issue. When entering the cash machine competition, entrants are added to our customer database and may receive service-related SMS messages. These messages will be free of charge. Thanks very much. You're sending them. You're asking me to enter a competition. Are you trying to tell me something? Entrants can opt out of this at any time by texting STOP to 57557. Now, I haven't... I don't... I haven't opted in in the first place. By the way, if you do... And by the way, the more entries you put in, the more you will still you will get replies and solicitations through through your number. Entrants can opt out by texting stuff. This will be charged. You'll be charged for trying to opt out. Yeah, uh, but sure, Joe, sure you know yourself. Sure, all the emails you get from different companies, sure you never opt out with anything. You but never bother to opt out. Well, you, but first, don't you have to opt in consciously? Like you, you just Are, enter once and that's your opt-in. Yeah, you you once, yeah, but if you enter once, this is the difference. If you enter once in the late, late thing on a Friday or whatever, and, or, or whatever, dancing with or any, anyone else has these competitions, if you enter once, you then don't get a text every day saying, do you want to enter, enter today's competition? Here's the answer. Yeah. Yeah, and there's no regulation on that, Joe, either. I was in Dunn stores last week. And well, the commission, the, 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 new, the new media commission, and they have a fantastic website of a lot of, lot, of, lot of people employed across all different areas. They say they've had no complaints and it, they don't think it's within their remit. But you could be under 18 and still texting. There's no regulation on what age you are. And it is over 18. They say they do limit. They, they say you will be limited to 12 entries for each competition. Yeah, but how do they know who's entering? I know, and how do you? Who's policing twelve? Uh, Marion is in Cork. Marion, your point, please. Yeah, hi, Joe. Um, I listened to this, and like, it just seems like a man there before Christmas. He won two hundred thousand. Yeah, yeah. And you know, I don't begrudge it to him. Good luck mm. to him, but it is a lot, and it just seems to me that. Um, you know, some days there it can have a rollover. People yeah. don't answer. Like yesterday was 10,000 and wow. nobody answered. Today is 20,000. But I just feel that um, it can become a way for people, you know, yeah. maybe it, it is becoming a bit of encouraging, like people mm-hmm. to take a chance. Now, there are people that are run. Like, I, I haven't done it, nor I wouldn't do it because, you know, it's just there's so many lotteries and everything out there. Now I do a lot of it's extraordinary. It's extraordinarily tempting, and the way it's sold is extraordinary. Oh, and yeah. that's and all, that's like all above board. It's extraordinarily tempting, but the oh, extra that, yeah. the extra temptation is due to the fact that here is uh, some some of the best broadcasters, the best journalists actually yeah, in, yeah. The, in the country, presenting programs on News Talk and Today FM. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're they're right, aber- they're advertising it. And, and yeah, exactly. Neil Brown and all those really respected oh, journalists. Oh, but you get sick and of them calling it out every hour. <laughs> but people trust those people to such a great extent, and rightly so. Dermot Tierney, Dermot, your point, please. 
how are you, Joe? Uh, just a quick one, Joe. I played it a couple of times, which okay. is fine. Um, and did you get a text? Is, is this common? Did you get? Did you then get a text saying, uh, will you play today? Here's the answer. I did. I, I've got to get in a few of them lately. And this morning, then, there is an option to text back stop, which is fine. I said, I'd do that. But then, just before I said I sent send, I was going to actually be charged for the sending the text, so I said, I'm not going to send this. So <laughs> you can't get out of the option of stop unless you get charged on your phone. Again, again. Which is ridiculous, because um, I didn't want to play it. It was just a nuisance getting these texts, you know. And we've, we've invited Barrow Media on. They're one of the biggest media groups in the country, and it should be like uh, all, including ourselves, be open to, to scrutiny and to answer questions. But they, they said they've no one available this afternoon, and that's, that's uh, fair enough. Back after this break, stay there. 51551. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 And pursuant to the calls from Patrick and indeed Monica um, and our other calls, we've put a series of questions to Barrow Media this morning. Uh, one, how much money they were making from the competition. They, they weren't willing to tell us. What are the odds of winning? They weren't willing to tell us. You say you have a cap of 12 entries per uh, phone number. How do you police that and how do you police the age entry as well? You say it's over 18. Um, and uh, this is the statement we got back. Bauer Media Audio Ireland gave away, gave away over €5 million Euro in 2023. We do have visibility on players' activity and caps are in place to ensure people are playing the game responsibly. This is monitored through visibility on players' activity and technical caps are in place, excuse me, are in place to ensure people are playing this game responsibly. It's capped at 12 paid entries per game per week. When the listener sends two messages within the same competition, I didn't notice, I did a few minutes ago, they receive a third entry free. Um, we, are acting, we are acting within all current guidelines. We are not able to provide any further uh, comment at this stage. Patrick is one of the people who raised it with us. Um, have you more uh, questions or are all your questions I just, answered? I just, worry, I just worry, Joe, about the... There's obviously probably problem gamblers that are doing this on the regular. You've mentioned a few that are spending crazy money every month. What about the problem gambler mm-hmm. that has the miss, misses the call and there's reg as and Marion said from Cork there are people but are I just want, yeah okay but I just wonder so, is there so any I'll, is there any other competition in the country that that texts you unsolicited every day saying why haven't you entered our competition today obviously because if you had entered you wouldn't get the text uh, by the way here's the answer and just press uh, whatever to enter and uh, spend the money okay back tomorrow 145 Carol Heron Sound Research John Riley producer uh, Siobhan Hogan and Ray Darcy is next 0818 715 815 stays open until 3.15pm or email joe at rte.ie 